of you have had or have a household pet of some type, besides your spouse, possibly? <laughs> if they were or are a dog or a cat, and they are really domesticated, not something feral that you kind of take care of, consider this. They do not keep the created image of being in the American work ethic. The average house cat sleeps 14 to 18 hours a day, and some sleep even 20. Now, I have always had a dog or dogs in my house, and the average dog sleeps 12 to 14 hours, and puppies sleep 18 to 20. A dog lies around for seven hours, just kind of observing things, and they spend four or five hours that are active. Now consider your own personal day. If you have a full-time occupation, or you are a full-time student, how many hours a day and week are you actively involved at your job or in school? How much time do you dedicate to doing your daily chores? Now, I've always shared that I did not know what that word meant growing up. My mother would say, go do your chores, Janet, and I would go, okay, I made my bed, got my room straightened up. I don't, didn't know what chores were for a long time, but I did things that I guess were chores. But if you have some, how much time do you spend doing them? How much time do you give to taking care of meals and eating? I didn't say fixing, I said taking care. That means going to buy them or whatever you happen to do, but taking care of meals and actually time to eat. Uh, to using electronic devices. Some of you maybe spend quite a bit of time there. To actually sleeping. For some of you here, how much time is spent getting to practice of some kind and going to games and performances and other scheduled activities, usually for children and for youth? Now think about your average day or week and how much time you spend in any of those activities. Now it's also summertime. And, and that is the most common time of year for most Americans and others to take a vacation. Now, what does the idea of taking a vacation actually mean? I know Keith and Ying Yu and their family just got back, and he said he really had a vacation this year in Arkansas. Sometimes vacations can be a great deal of work and effort and almost not much fun. My daddy's vacation in the summer went going to my grandmother's house business, and he worked the whole time he was there. So he learned to take vacation in December when there wasn't grass to cut and things like that because they didn't ask for those things in the, that time of the year. Do you have fond memories of vacations? Or maybe some that weren't so much fun? Taking a vacation, actually, though, is for most Americans, it's a fairly recent addition to our culture. Until within the last, say, 100 years or less, only the wealthy could afford to take time to travel here and far. Uh, the actual beginning of vacations for most people began in the middle of the 20th century, in the 1940s and 50s, not that long ago. Even the two-day weekend we're used to is also fairly new. And the creator primarily of that was a man named Henry Ford. What did Henry Ford make that so well known? What kind of car, especially? Model T. And he made this car, had people making it, and realized my workers can't buy my creation and drive it if they're working all the time. Think about it. He made the car reasonable as far as price, 
and they could afford to buy it. They got paid $5 a day, which at that time was a great salary, but they didn't have time to go drive them. So he said, we need an eight-hour a day, five days a week. And so in 1926, he instituted that to give his workers some free time. On the weekends, to buy and drive his car, which they began doing. Now, 12 years later, during the Great Depression, Congress got the same idea and made the declaration that, that would be the basic work week of 40 hours a week and five days a week. Up until then, most people worked all day Saturday or half a day. My daddy did until he became a soldier in World War II. However, you may not know this, to this very day, there's no legal requirement in this country that anyone is to actually get a paid vacation. It's always a negotiation, possibly with a contract, when you had got a job, but paid vacation is not a guarantee to anybody. In all European countries, they're guaranteed, by law, four weeks paid vacation. And there's no guarantee for anyone for any paid days off, like a holiday in this country. So we're kind of behind the times there. Let's listen again then to those disciples and Jesus. What about their vacation? Here's the scripture that Teresa read, my version of it. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away, my says a deserted place, all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. So what was going on with the disciples? Do they need a vacation? They are obviously quite involved in their ministry. And they tell Jesus all that they're doing and teaching. They are so busy. They haven't even had time to do what? Eat. Very unmethodist. I mean, the idea of not eating. So I mean, how about that? But Jesus and doesn't say, oh, you're wonderful. You're doing a great job. He says, what? He says, hey, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves, and rest a while. And amazingly, they actually went away in a boat. Some translations say it's a deserted, another says quiet place, another says desolate place. At any rate, they went someplace away from everybody else. And they did indeed, for all we know, rest a while. Now think about in your own life, as far as again, the times you purposely rest. How often do you, how often do I actually take the time to rest a while? Is there ever consideration in your daily or weekly routine that you intentionally take time to meditate, to rest by choice, not because of exhaustion? In one of the commentaries I read about this scripture, the, the minister said that some people, none of you I'm sure in this category, try to create their own sense of self-being and importance by being very, very busy. And their busyness becomes their life. Not what they really enjoy, but overall what they're doing. And not doing it because they enjoy it, just to be doing it. The minister also added that being over busy is not necessarily a badge of honor. It can actually be an act of disobedience because God commanded us to rest. Anybody in here want to say that you want to disobey God because you're always being so busy? Think about that. 
While many people who have a strong sense of the American work ethic, there can be a problem as far as feeling guilty, over-resting, or not doing something. It can be difficult for some to again separate being lazy, that good-for-nothing lazy person, and also truly being resting. How many people put resting in your schedule each day? Think about that. Even early on in American history, they kind of had to make a place for it. Beginning in the 1790s, now you can tell I taught U.S. history, that's why it's always in my sermons in some place. Every state, and even when they came in the Union, made a legal day of rest when they passed what are called blue laws that prohibited certain items being sold one day of the week. Now, I didn't know why they're called blue laws. Jerry, do you know why? Well, I did some more research, and Connecticut was the first one to call them that because they were printed on blue paper. So they could be seen, and to hear the ones you think you can't sell. And somehow they accidentally, purposely chose Sunday as the day they couldn't sell certain things. So most businesses that had those items couldn't sell them on Sunday, so they did what? They closed, and it was the official day of rest for most Christians. And but some, of course, that's what they, what they began doing. Uh, usually food, however, once again eating, was not among the excluded items, so places serving food had a choice. Inns, places like that could stay open. And some, of course, like Chick-fil-A today, still choose to close on Sunday. With the major changes in our country, especially in the 1960s, more and more states began to eliminate those blue laws. With the exception of sales of two major things, what two things were still being controlled for the most part on Sundays especially? Alcoholic beverages and what else? Henry Ford, cars, automobiles. They can be sold on Sunday now or on Saturday, but you can't be open both days for most dealerships. That's still true today. So blue laws still kind of have their way in there. And in another big shift in our culture in the late 1990s, many activities for children and youth began being scheduling, having scheduling games, competitions, and performances on Sunday. And what had been the Lord's Day, a day of to rest, often has lost out to those events, and still does right now for some of you possibly. So what has happened is that a shift at that time frame of a day of rest has become almost not there for some people. So here's the whole point of what happened as far as Jesus, the disciples, and each of us. And I'm talking to myself too. Just having a time and a place set aside once a week to worship God, to sing praises to God, to learn about God's word, and to fellowship with God's children matter as much today as it did even in the very not-so-distant past. For you, for me, when we come into this sanctuary, or one somewhere else, because some of you don't come here all the time, is there ever a sense of sacredness? Is there ever a sense of sacredness? Or are you just coming because it's Sunday morning and I probably need to be at church? There's a difference in being coming here because it's a sense of being sacred and not just coming because you come. Of our being connected personally and with our community that's here, with God's Spirit. Can we find here or somewhere a special place to truly rest, be it one day a week or at a certain chosen time each day, 
to allow ourselves the opportunity to refresh our own spirits and bodies. At the same time, while in that special place, that place of rest, could you, could I, offer humble gratitude for God's loving us? That's all we need to do at that time, period. No one can make you and no one can make me go away to a quiet place or come find a quiet center and rest a while. Perhaps, though, the words of the hymns we will sing in just a bit, and I chose this cue coming out. These are not out of the basket. Provide, may provide you, as they provide me, with an inspiration for us to begin to intentionally find a quiet place, deserted place, isolated place, to rest with God a while, once in a while. Look at the cover of your bulletin today, please. Now, I never had that kind of tennis shoes, or in this case, the fact is it looks awfully restful right there in the picture, so you may want to keep this as a reminder also. Now, if you have it in your hand, open it again to the call to worship. And let's do it again. Let this be, again, an earnest, again, attempt to bring God into our lives this morning, but also perhaps the rest of the week, too. Spirit of the living God, as we gather in this place, here in our worship and our daily living, Amen.